Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss Seize the Domains. FBI sees domains linked to DDoS for higher service platforms. Next up, Sam OpenAIAM. The potential for OpenAI to generate phishing campaigns. And our fun new game, Gold, Guidance, and Grievances. With that, a breaking badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 142, recorded on December 19th, 2022. I'm your co-host, Kelsey, on this episode of Domains of Our Lives, LaBelle. With me, co-host Taylor, all I want for Christmas is a chatbot that writes puns, Wilkes Pierce, and last, but certainly not least, Tim, John Mastodon is the hero we need for these times, Helming. Hello, hello. Well, hi. <laughs> Greetings, gang. Greetings. Uh, I can't believe that's the last time that I'm going to introduce the podcast as uh, the year 2022. Great, great. Well, <sighs> I feel old. How the year has flown by. Indeed, indeed. And uh, Taylor, I do take major issue. We were talking about this before the podcast, but with you trying to replace me by a chatbot, okay? That hurts my soul. That's look, the basis of our entire friendship, and I don't I know, know where that leaves us. I, well, I think it leaves us in a great spot because <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're completely irreplaceable. Uh, <laughs> I can't even teach the chatbots what puns are, let alone have them generate unique and funny ones. <laughs> with time, Taylor. ChatGPT has proven itself incredibly bad at two things that are really important to us. One of them is puns. Uh, and the other one is when I asked it to tell me uh, about all the connections to a certain domain, it just it just had nothing. I mean, it didn't even try. It didn't <laughs> even try to get creative. Can we also return to what I thought we had learned from? And this was uh, this is way back now in a course on international marketing I took. Um, and talked about international marketing fails and the GPT car uh, model make, I should say, come up because GPT in French is GPT, which is translated directly to I farted. <laughs> and here we are back with chat. I farted. Um, so oh, that's a really, yeah, we've that's learned so nothing. I didn't, I didn't think about that. That's, that's they gotta <laughs> of be course, having a good time with that. Of course I thought about it, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know what that makes me. Am I a more evolved 12 year old boy? Because I, it was the, the bilingual I farted joke. Like does, <laughs> or am I just a 12 year old boy? I don't no, know. No, more, I think more evolved. I think that's fair. I'll take it. I'm 15 ish. And I should say boy or girl, <laughs> you know, it's any, yeah, any gender, non-binary. But when included. it comes to, you know, making fart jokes, it was pretty clear where that, <laughs> <laughs> who did that uh, at least in not only my time but my child's both children's time as well mm. and you know the incessant jokes of that variety from uh from thing two who's a boy and the incessant eye rolling from thing one who's a girl when he did it uh so yeah <laughs> i think you were correct okay 
Well, I, you know, we aim to be accurate and precise in this podcast, so I'm glad I'm not spreading misinformation here about fart jokes. That would be something I could not sleep <laughs> at night. Um, <laughs> well, it's great to have you back. Actually, it's crazy. The three of us were in the same physical space. Again, the planets aligned once more in 2023. That's true. Just a couple days ago, we didn't do an impromptu live episode that time, but we had a, we had a pretty full day. We did. Yeah, Kelsey beat me at ping pong once. <sighs> you know, <laughs> if it if it helps, um, uh, colleague uh, known as Mike, whose name is actually Mike. I don't know why I made that sound like a moniker or something like that. Pseudonym, <laughs> known as Mike. He's Prince, formerly known as Mike. Um, destroyed me at ping pong and, and took the trophy from me, and it was devastating. And he d- he didn't even break a sweat. Like I think he played left handed last time we we met. False. <laughs> oh boy well you can't win them all but mike i'm coming for you um, i mean my record against you is over so you actually do win them all yeah that's true and my record against you is also over i will say <laughs> uh for for listeners out there kelsey is a fearsome ping pong player oh, sure. and yeah, the guy the guy named mike mike quote mike uh, <laughs> is that would be his that would be his funny name if he came on breaking badness right um we'll just have to tell him that but he's uh, he's a really formidable player also. He's fantastic. One of my favorite Mike stories, um, and we're going to see, we'll see first of all his comfort with me sharing this personal information, and, and second, if he <laughs> listens to the podcast. I know he does. He was wearing his Breaking Badness hoodie when we, we met Ooh. on the Pink Pong, which is a total flex. He's like, I'm wearing the moniker of Breaking Badness, and I will still <laughs> just <laughs> take your dignity away. Um, <sighs> but... Uh, he had gone into the doctor and the doctor is like, do you exercise? And he's like, yeah, I play ping pong. And the doctor like laughed. That would be the conversation I would have with my doctor too. Mm-hmm. Um, it really resonated, but <laughs> it isn't it, the way Mike plays. Let me tell you that is cardiovascular <laughs> effort. Okay. <laughs> All it's right. true. It's true. And it even, it gets the audience's heart rate up also because it's exciting. Man, I, should be trying to trash talk uh, this quote unquote Mike rather than boost his ego. And I've totally <laughs> quote unquote, Mike. <laughs> this quote unquote, Mike, um, if that is, even if that is his real name, <laughs> it's true. It's we'll offset. Just, just M. We could, we'll just call we M. <laughs> We're using code names. Wait, Taylor, was that a reference to uh, the recent documentary about, or the, like the series with Megan and Harry? Oh goodness gracious! No, no, I was thinking of the <laughs> the Simpsons joke where where Principal Skinner is like, "Well, you know, this student will call her uh, Lisa S for short." No, that's too easy. We'll call her L Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> that's a slop sack. That'd be a great slop sack meme. I think it's true. We should we we could do a series of slop sack memes. That'll be my first post on Mastodon. There you go. Ooh, <laughs> my first two. <laughs> maybe there should be a a mastodon jpt you know with the toots and all okay anyway i'll move away from those jokes (laughs) we'll get to mastodon here in a little bit uh but first we're going to talk about the u.s department of justice the u.s department of justice has seized 48 internet domains and charged six suspects for their for their involvement in running booter or stressor platforms that allow anyone to easily conduct distributed denial of service attacks. 
Uh, so, Tim, these um, these are like straight out of Prohibition times words here. Booter and stressor. That's actually, <laughs> that sounds like an old Booter school Booter and stressor film. LLP. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Booter and stressor LLP. I kind of like my wife and I joke about uh, naming our children like dump truck and <laughs> like because there are just funny names that come up and like they become yeah. more and more like just how do we make them as quote unquote masculine as possible just to have some oh, fun yeah. and I feel like booter because one I have is shooter and skeeter those are, oh, yeah. are two that I like yeah, to pair yeah. so booter and yeah. stressor well, <laughs> I feel like Jennings, our next uh, Ooh. Waylon Jennings kid is shooter Jennings <laughs> well there you go so, yeah there you go <laughs> Well, what what do booter and stressor mean in these contexts? <laughs> yeah, they, I, there's got to be somebody out there whose cats are named booter and stressor. I'm I'm certain of it. But anyway, they are now. Well, back to your to your prohibition reference. Since these things were never going to be taxable, they one thing they probably don't have to worry about is the revenuers uh, coming after them. But uh, that doesn't mean they won't have concerns with the law. So whether you call them booters or stressors or Website reliability test tools. <laughs> uh, these are services that represent themselves in a way that everyone knows is BS as tools to stress test a site to see if it'll hold up under high traffic volumes. But yeah, their real purpose is, as you alluded to, running DDoS for bucks. Uh, as I understand it, at least part of this, maybe the whole thing, but at least uh, it, to some extent, it has its origins in the online gaming world where like rival gamers would try to take each other's servers down. Um, but naturally today there are all kinds of ways to uh, monetize a DDoS service. When you said DDoS for bucks, I just imagined being DDoSed by bucks because there are some in my neighborhood. And now I have a new mm. reason not to sleep well at night. Thanks for mm. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember that DDoS attacks aren't destructive. They are just disruptive. So if you have a line of bucks, you know, ringing your doorbell and wasting your time all day long uh, so that your, your uh, <laughs> FedEx deliveries can't show up, that would be a DDoS by bucks. DDoS by bucks. <laughs> all right. That's fair. Okay. Maybe it's more of like I can sleep, but it's a nightmare a little bit. Could be. Now that could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for, for, thanks for giving us a little bit more around this, this, this booter and stressor idea. Now, I think Tom Hanks is probably going to go adopt some kittens and call them that I think as a listener, um, to show his, his pride for the podcast. I think that's what I, he's going to do. I could see him on like some really, really homey friendly documentary about his life showing us there's booter and there's stressor who let the dogs out. <laughs> Speaking of booter and stressor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those dogs are getting new names. <laughs> uh, well, Tim, one of the things I found funny about the idea of the booter stressor sites is apparently they ask for they ask that users don't use the services to conduct attacks, which makes it all the more appealing, would you say? Uh, do you think <laughs> there's any way these sites could exist purely for legitimate testing and not end up on a hacker phone? <laughs> like, 
can we be real? Uh, yeah, no, listen, I mean, as everybody knows, you could come up with the most absolutely intrinsically benign thing in the world, and it would probably end up somehow on a hacker forum somewhere to do something bad. But um, yeah, as I was suggesting above, those notices to users not to use them for DDoS are posted there with a huge, huge wink and nod, um, I guess, in an effort to keep these stressor sites up. Uh, and as a defense against prosecution, maybe. But, you know, let me point something out here. So I actually looked into some of these sites years ago uh, as part of an illustration of how to use a pivoting methodology to find out more about malicious infrastructure and the actors who operate it. Um, and this was in the days before the uh, near universal who is privacy that we see in the post GDPR world, back when you had to opt in and pay extra for privacy and Guess what, Kelsey? The sites were cloaked in various forms of privacy, from your regular privacy proxies to just using obviously fake registrant identities. So ask yourself this. If these were above-board businesses selling a nice QA type of service for website owners, why would they go to such lengths to obscure their identities? So, yeah, no, there's, there's not a world that we live in where anybody would take these seriously as a beneficial thing. Interesting. Okay. Well, speaking of um, not be uh, not considering this legitimate, who do we suspect is running these uh, these shady sites for you know booter and stressor sites? I guess I should say. Um, well, yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. So uh, you know, I don't know uh, the specific. I don't think they named the individuals. Uh, I think if any of the individuals that they charged here tried to make the case that they were not actively on cybercrime forums, uh, that would have just about the same amount of credibility as those don't use this for DDoS warnings. Um, they had promotions going and coupons and that kind of thing on these forums to try to sell these things all over the cybercrime underworld. Um, they had affiliate programs uh, to help multiply their efforts to promote these things. So I suppose... Some of the promotion was by proxy, but I think there's no, nah, it's very clear that these owners and operators were 100% involved with this. Um, of course, I, as a podcaster, don't have the same burden of proof as the FBI. But having said that, take it from me, this is rock solid. Hmm. Guilty. Guilty. Get, get this man his gavel <laughs> and the nice little robe. <laughs> as uh, as uh, the wonderful comic John Hodgman says, this is the sound of a gavel. When he pronounces his judgments. <laughs> Unjudged John Hodgman. Unjudged John Hodgman. <laughs> Rules off the tongue. Judge John. John, I can't say it. How do you say that so, <laughs> with such ease, Tim? I, I well, I went, to, I went to college with John Hodgman, so I've had practice for a really oh. long time. Prepared you for this moment. <laughs> That's wow. right. We are now at like six degrees of separation. That's Watch right. out, Kevin Bacon. We've got John. Judge, got John Hodgman. Judge Hodgman. Well, <laughs> well, we're all uh, we're all not very many degrees of separation away from him because through our our colleague Ariella and her connections into that sphere. Mm. <clears throat> well, look at that. We have. A, we'll have to, you know, put them in the rank of Tom Hanks. Again, talk about the <laughs> podcast. Yeah. 
Bill Belichick as well with his special hoodie. <laughs> That's actually, that would be a great promotion of Breaking Badness. His hoodie gets a lot of airtime during Bill football Belichick games. Breaking Badness hoodie? Yeah, or a Bill Belichick. Well, we talked about this. A Bill Belichick Buffalo Bills build hat <laughs> for Breaking Badness. Yeah. Could pay Is the it bills. too late for us to buy a, a Super Bowl ad? I don't think so. I think those are pretty this. easy to come okay. by. So he, I, he has coached for two AFC East teams, but the Bills are not one of them. So far. Don't take away sure. our fun, Tay. What are you, I'm the sure. chat GBT of puns? Okay, what the heck? <laughs> 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 I know the Bills had a big win, didn't they, against uh, the, the, the fish people, the dolphins? I'm not ready to talk about it. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot. I didn't mean to rub salt <laughs> in the wound. I genuinely forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Taylor. a long suffer podcast listeners. I'm a long suffering Dolphins fan. Uh, actually, every Dolphins fan at this point is now long suffering. So. <laughs> hey, man, you're talking about the city of Seattle here, where the Mariners have never won, a, uh, never appeared in the World Series in the entire franchise history. So you know, at least the Dolphins had some glory days. Yeah. They no. had an undefeated season, right? Did they have the only undefeated season in NFL uh, history? They do, the 72 Dolphins, and they still get together uh, what's left of them at least to crack champagne when the last <laughs> undefeated <laughs> NFL team loses every single year, which I kind of feel like at this point is a curse on the franchise, and they should, you know, give it up. Maybe like stop the, doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. But Father Time yeah. is undefeated, so they'll stop eventually. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember, yeah, the, the, who's the last undefeated team this year? I don't know. They still got together like Mercury Morris and some of the killer bees or something <laughs> got together. I'm like, I don't know, guys. This isn't um, working out for us well as Dolphins fans. <laughs> it's causing some stop. Around the axle Just stop. Yeah. Causing some champagne, if you will. Mm. That wasn't my best work, I'll say. I'm sorry. Um, okay. It's still way ahead of ChatGPT. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be compared. To Ch- now I'm scared that the bar is set so low. Like uh-uh. if I'm even close to hitting ChatGPT. No, no, it's the other way around. The, the bar for ChatGPT is incredibly high and it'll never reach it. <laughs> Again, I can't I can't get it. Like you say, hey, give me a pun. And it, it, what it's giving are not puns. It doesn't know what puns are. Wait, can you read? That I know you read it for us earlier, Tete, but I think for our audience, let's have fun. Yeah, um, we are like right now. Should you want? We can wait till we get to the Chat GPT portion. Oh, that's true. That would probably make yeah. more sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I anyway, I have lots of questions on Chat GPT. All right, Tim, we'll get the uh, through these next few questions here quickly so we can talk about Chat GPT. Um, so, <laughs> the FBI actually sees the domain domains of these sites. So can you walk through what that process looked like? Yeah, well, sure. Okay, we're going to say this all together now. It's always... Always. DNS. DNS. Of course. It's Taylor! DNS. Where were you, man? Sorry, I was muted. I was saying it here. It's always DNS. We were pausing for our, you. Our listeners are, are saying it with us, I'm sure, as well. So... <laughs> Here's how this goes. When law enforcement has the go-ahead to take down the domains, they work with the domain registrars. And by the way, as an aside, you know, everybody's 
Uh, a lot of people have heard of bulletproof hosting. Well, one of the things that bulletproof hosting that makes it so-called bulletproof is the reticence of some registrars to cooperate with law enforcement for seizure or takedown of domains that are doing malicious things. But in this case, they seem to have had registrars that were playing ball with them. Um, so the registrars transfer control of the domain's DNS records over to the law enforcement agency. So then when anyone goes to the domains after that, they uh, see whatever the law enforcement agency wants them to see, which can range from nothing at all, where the page just doesn't load, to the very bright and bold notices that the FBI put up on these domains describing how and why they've been taken down and telling folks that, uh, by the way, they should not be using booter services. And then there's a link to their uh, blog or, or press release uh, about this operation that took these things down. And by the way, a little bit about that, that was one of those uh, cooperative efforts. There were, and if you look at those, um, the splash screens that are now up on the taken down booter stressor sites, you see uh, a whole bunch of logos um, of the different uh, agencies that were cooperating in this, uh, in this operation, which they called Operation Power Off, um, which involved kind of worldwide sets of services um, that were, were helping take these things down. So now I think that's all wonderful and great. I also think, by the way, that this is just a drop in the bucket of booter and stressor sites. So, I mean, they, it's great. I'm glad they did it, but uh, there are a lot of these things around. I have a solid recommendation for the FBI, which is, um, you know what she used to do on those VHS tapes? You know, the little warning. Oh, break, breaking Fed out the little tab? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, the FBI warning at the beginning. Federal yeah. law provides severe civil and criminal penalties for the unauthorized booter. And <laughs> I mean, right. I think there's something there. I think that. Yeah, you mean the, the warning that you always saw at mm -hmm. the beginning of your pirated mm -hmm. VHS tapes? If somebody was sure to be kind and rewind, you saw it quite <laughs> quickly. But if not. That's true. Not the case. Yeah. Um, outside of that and, you know making sure that that's the first response when you Google booter service is don't do this. Um, <laughs> what other things can, uh, can be done here to deter or, or defend against these, these booter type situations? Yeah. So first of all, um, that's great and everything <laughs> booting is illegal, but, um, yeah, that is, you are correct. That is nowhere near enough of an incentive not to go find one of these. I mean, can you really imagine somebody going, all right, I'm going to take down something. I'm going to run me a DDoS. Uh, so let's, let's Google. Let me find some booter sites. Oh, hang on. It's illegal. All right. Uh, I guess I'll just go for a nice bike ride. Um, that's not going to happen. So of course they're going to still find them. And through the uh, nefarious actions of bulletproof hosters and whatnot, there's always going to be uh, sites like this up and available, um, unfortunately. So, you know, now are these things, these commodity booter sites, do they have the power of like a Mirai botnet or whatever has succeeded Mirai? No, uh, they haven't. So their, um, their reach is not nearly what the big DDoS attacks are that we see these days. So they're in the grand scheme of things on the internet, they're kind of more of an annoyance than a threat per se, but, um, but yeah, no, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot that will easily, uh, 
shut these down as an industry. Um, it's great that that it says it. You know, this is this is Google doing due diligence, right? And just saying, yeah, this 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 is illegal. Don't do this. Go find some cat pictures or something. But uh, I think we all know how it's actually going to play out. Unfortunately. When talking about this, what if what if the FBI just put out on Mastodon, they could toot it and then boot it. Mm. There's something. Yeah. Toot it and boot it. There's boot the there. booters, said the tutor. <laughs> oh, golly. Okay, well, let's get into our hoodie ratings. Is everyone, is it just not funny or do people know what song I'm referencing? Maybe this is not a normal is this, did I make this up? Does anybody know so, about the wait, toot it do, and do, boot it? Do the reference again. Toot it and boot it. By so, oh, YG. I, I don't, but I'm the worst one when it comes to modern pop culture references, as everybody knows. It's not modern and it's probably not appropriate. But a, what about a, the boot scoot and boogie by Brooks and Dodd? Well, now we're talking. All right, let's get to this hoodie rating, okay? For those who are tuning in for the first time, um, this is from zero to 10. 10 is, you know, we're playing off the cliches of hackers and hoodies and how many defenders it really takes to to solve a, a problem here. So zero is kind of neutral, 10 very bad. And then we have our goodie scale, which is like the the upside down of the hoodie rating. And that that's like warm cookies is how we'd like to describe it. So Tim, we'll start with you and then Taylor, we'll move over to you to get your ratings here. Well, so certainly this is going to be on the goodie side, not the hoodie side. And given the season, I think I'm going with, you know, these are warm, just out of the oven, uh, gingerbread goodies. And how many of them? I I don't want to be a downer here, but I think we're only getting three of these warm uh, delicious, uh, gingerbread goodies. And the reason for that is what I alluded to in the last answer, which is just that these aren't super widespread. They're not, they're not a major issue on the internet for, for most people. Now I'm, if you happen to be listening to this and your site got taken down by one of these stressor sites, you probably feel very differently about that. But in the big numbers, um, it's not, a huge thing. So it's great that they did it. Um, hope it, you know, hope it continues, but I don't think we get to overstuff ourselves with goodies on this, uh, operation. Uh, what was, what did I just say it was called operation power off operation power off. Well said Tim. And what are your thoughts Tay Tay? I'm I'm with Tim. It's definitely goody. It, like it's great. We're doing some domain takedowns. We've got uh you know, hopefully charges and stuff forthcoming uh and arrests uh for these types of things. That's great, deterrent effect, but ultimately um this is kind of fairly low volume uh compared to how much you see out in the wild for this type of thing. So I'll give it 1.73 goodies. Now, are these gingerbread goodies or just, you know, plain old, plain old goodies? It's a gingerbread goodie with one bite taken out by Santa. Two, wow. It's two, oh. two, but oh. Santa has taken one bite out of, out of one of them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's legit, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's, that's so wholesome, but still <laughs> it's not, it's not enough goodies. Not enough. We need more goodies. 
for for newer listeners, the default goodie is a chocolate chip goodie. But for this season, we we like us some gingerbread goodies. Gingerbread goodies, yep. Could we get a costume like a like a green furry one and we could call it the goodie monster? I believe that yeah. is too close to Dr. Seuss intellectual property. Well, it's it's too close to the children's <laughs> television workshop intellectual property, but you know, it's it's fair fair use. It's it's parody. Clear satire. Clear satire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're good. We're in the clear. I'm getting a, a uh, I'm getting a metal garbage can today. We're going to go call our legal counsel really quickly and we'll be back yeah. for another section here. We're going to talk about um, open AI chat, um, unlike our, our friends at ChatGPT. But more to come. Stay with us and we'll be right back. Hello there, Breaking Badness listener. Thanks for dropping by and spending a little time with us. And if you are enjoying what you're hearing, Will you consider doing a couple of things? One of them is tell a friend about Breaking Badness. Maybe if they're in the security game, or even if they're not, but they think what you do is awfully interesting, well, maybe they'll think Breaking Badness is too. So uh, share us with a friend or two. And if you don't mind, we'd love to have you drop us a review and a rating as well on your favorite podcast platform. So thank you so much from all of us at Breaking Badness. And now let's get back to the show. Well, look at that. We made right on our promise. Here we are. We did call our legal counsel. It's true. We did. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's our second article for today. Sam, open a, San, open a, Sam, open AI, I am. Gosh, darn it. (laughs) San, easy for you to say. Open AI, I am. We got to leave all this in. Oh, words. Words. Okay. So yeah, open AI. Point does it stop being bloopers and start being art? <laughs> A great question. Wow. Something to, to reflect on here. As Tim holds the cards um, doing the production. So I guess I'll find out when I listen through to the podcast. All right. I'll do it one more time just in case our, uh, our listeners did not catch it. Sam, open AI am. So OpenAI chat has grown in popularity recently, so users can chat with it as if it were a real person and it answers questions, write codes, and it even remembers context. But could its potential expand to phishing campaigns? And if we ever needed a reason to remember that COVID did impact us, (laughs) this might be the best (laughs) signal of that. What happened to the humans after COVID? Did they remember how to connect? No, instead, they created a bot because yeah. smarter child wasn't enough. Okay. And, oh, and smarter that is, child. Wow. This is That's, the beginning of the uh, of history, human history, as written by the AI that have taken over the planet <laughs> in a few short years. All right. I'm going to bring in my SAT knowledge here and say, Vine is to TikTok as smarter child is to open AI. Okay. Hmm. So just won't well, just ponder that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll remember this moment um, when the open AI becomes self-aware and we'll remember these times fondly. 
Okay. Okay. So, uh, Taylor, open AI. Here yeah. we are. Yeah. What, what is it? And what yeah. was, well, why, why Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. The thing that everyone's kind of talking about, the thing you're going to see in the news is a thing called chat GPT, which was released by open AI a couple of weeks back. Uh, and it is a, um, kind of simulated chatbot. It's a large language model. It's trained on, <laughs> what seems like the bulk of the internet up to a certain point in 2021 uh where uh, you know after which you gotta like kind of stop feeding it data and start getting stuff out of it <laughs> at a certain point uh and so uh it was trained on that with you know it's used to you can interact with it like it's a chat bot um you can have it you can ask it any question you want and it will provide those answers uh but because it's trained on the internet and GitHub and all this stuff, you can ask it to, uh, you know, code basic things for you. Um, you know, it's not always right, but it's very confident in its in, in how right it is. That's a good point. Like that's part of its identity. Is that hubris? One might almost say. It does it does seem mm -hmm. like that? Uh, and so the folks at OpenAI released this. It is free for use. You can go to openai.com and sign up for it and start talking to this thing. Uh, but there was a, a researcher, uh, Rick Osgood, uh, who's on like the, I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, he wrote a, a, a blog post around using OpenAI chat to generate phishing campaigns since it does lots of generative text very well. Um, you know, he thought, hey, what if we kind of, asked OpenAI to uh, to write us some text for potential phishing campaigns. And it was, you know, more than happy to oblige. So like the, the prompt that Rick gave it was, write an email offering the recipient a chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card if they click a link to complete an employee satisfaction survey, include the link in the middle of the email, send the email from human resources, and then ChatGPT, like more than happy to generate that for you. <laughs> Is, isn't it uh, telling which prompts ChatGPT handles quite deftly and which ones it absolutely stumbles over? Really is like for uh, for my my, my Here we uh, go. call out name on our podcast. I said, "Hey, ChatGPT, why don't you give me um, some uh, some some cybersecurity related puns?" Uh, and it is just completely unable to do so. Um, <laughs> so I said, "What are some good cybersecurity related puns?" And it said. Here are a few cybersecurity related puns. It's again, it's very confident since I've got this answer for you. And the first one is, I'm not a hacker. I'm just a crackerjack at security, which it's not a pun. I don't know what that is. There's <laughs> not, it's not a there's joke. Nothing good, uh, nothing yeah. good in that. So you see, Kelsey, you see why oh. you don't have to worry. So Taylor, you had mentioned that um the you know this this Rick character had put in a few requests and and, and therefore good old open eye, open AI popped out, um, some content. So did they, uh, did the AI reality that is open eye create a phishing email and actually the landing page infrastructure, or was it just the, the email content itself? So Rick starts with just the email content itself. It says like, Hey, let's get a nice opportunity to win a $50 Amazon gift card. Uh, something that people get spammed with day in, day out, nonstop. And then he said, you know, uh, sometimes our clients haven't done a phishing engage engagement before, and we should include some red flags in the message to make it easier to identify as a phishing email. And so he tells the chatbot to make it a little bit more suspicious. 
And so it changed the subject to include read carefully. And then it adds the line in the middle of the email, but be warned, the link may not be what it seems. Proceed with caution. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. But it was a little bit too on the nose. So he said, hey, let's write it with broken English, right? So that is a strategy that some scammers will utilize in their messaging is they'll uh, include broken English or broken, you know, grammatical mistakes uh, in the text on purpose to actually select folks out who spot those because you don't necessarily, you know, those folks are going to churn out of your scam uh, funnel at some point. So you might as well get them out early and self-select down to the folks that are either too busy to miss those things, don't don't see them, you know, what have you. Um, if they're willing to overlook uh, mistakes in the text, then, you know, maybe they're willing to overlook mistakes in the link that you're about to send them to perhaps, right? Um, and so they, they then re-roll the email with, uh, with some broken, with, with, you know, some grammatical mistakes, um, and then adds the fishing, you know, cranks the fishiness volume up a little bit and then adds a sense of urgency to the email. So it's kind of a call and response, right? So you can talk to chat GPT, it'll give you an answer back and you can say, Hey, refine this or, you know, change it up a little bit, what have you. Um, and it will, you know, happily, uh, you know, output the the changes that it, it thinks matched the request you've given it. So we start huh. by cranking out the email, by uh, adding some grammatical mistakes, by throwing a link in there. And then our researcher here actually has it generate uh, the landing page as well. So they said, hey, generate a web page that includes an employee satisfaction survey with three questions. Hide the survey behind a login form. Reveal the survey if the user submits the form. Um, so they say like open AI is like, hey, here's some steps. And then here's an example of what the code might look like. Um, and that actually worked okay. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, our, our researcher here goes through and refines, has it refine the output a little bit to make it look a little more realistic. Um, and then, uh, you know, voila, you've got kind of a, a you know, phishing, uh, a phishing campaign in a box as it were i'm so i'm really curious to hear if you or you know good old rick had reflected on how could this technology be used for both good and evil can we use it to fight badness also create badness what does that what does that look like in your minds that's a great question. You know, Rick doesn't get into that whole heck of a lot. Yeah, you know, he's uh, coming at this from the red team side of things. Like, hey, this is great. I can make. You know, we can generate these highly specific, uh, you know, phishing campaigns. They can be language specific. They can be, uh, you know, region uh, oriented. Right. So you have the ability to to do that uh, with chat. The other flip side of it is, I suppose, you know, we could use ChatGP to churn out fake targets. <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, potentially kind of flood the zone from the the other direction to try and, you know, if you're going to be sending out, um, you know, using generative uh, text to generate all of these phishing campaigns. Well, if I, you know, give you a target list that's got 4,500 fake targets in there, well, then, you know, maybe I'll waste your time a little bit. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. And just considering the implications here, this has been like the talk of the town for the last few weeks. And I'm curious when we come back from our little holiday break here from the show, 
uh, what more shenanigans will be if, you know, have spun up or if this is the kind of thing that will dwindle in interest here. But I'm, I'm curious for your perspective, you know, we haven't seen to our knowledge, a fishing campaign in the wild using this technology, but do you expect that to happen soon? And will we be able to sort of tie that or tie maybe, uh, an upright, you know, a higher number, um, of fishing campaigns to open AI coming. That's a great question. Yeah. I, you know, I, if it's not getting you used for this already, (laughs) it will be, um, you know, I think, you know, some of the tricky parts are like right now it's in a very beta stage. Um, all of the model and all the processing stuff is hosted on the open AI servers, um, you know, to the point down the road where this stuff, becomes uh, self-hosted, you know, at that point, then the cat is way out of the bag. So think like, hey, you can, if you think of like the, the, the like the image generators that use, um, you know, this similar technology to generate images, there's somewhere, hey, it's just a form on a web page and the servers that are hosting that web page, you know, they're, they're, that's doing all the crunching to generate the image. There are also locally hosted versions of this now that um, you can run on a phone or on a laptop or, you know, on a, a small fleet of computers or a small cluster have, you know, that if you want to really throw a lot of stuff at it. So I think, you know, we are definitely in the early stages of this. I think, I don't know how much of it you would see while this stuff is all hosted on the open AI servers, because it would be pretty easy for them to spot someone doing this stuff using their platform. Um, so I could see that kind of being a, a concern for, for folks right now. But yeah, I mean, we're certainly not far off from it. Hmm. All right. Well, that's a leading question here to our hoodie ratings. Taylor, I'm going to start with you. How bad is this? I, like you mentioned, right? So it's, it's in some ways, it's a tool, neither good nor bad. Um, I, I worry a lot about this for, uh, you know, the, what this means for the ability of folks to really scale a campaign, um, you know, to like, we've seen that already to a degree, like we see like, oh, we'll send out 40,000 SMS uh, phishing or smishing uh, texts and then hope to get someone to click on it a couple of times. Um, the ability to do this stuff in a personalized fashion, um, you know, it, it's going to just flood the zone with a lot of noise. Um, and you know, there's going to be a period of time here where folks are not going to be able to keep up. Um, and, and yeah, the, you know, the, the ability to use this for scamming and to scale scamming um, seems pretty broad. The applications seem pretty broad right now. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, let's see. I'll even, do, not even joking. Let's go like seven and a half hoodies. Just when I'm going to go into Miller hoodies. Um, you know, this is one of those things where it's like, okay, we are through a looking glass of sorts where, um, you know, you have this ability to generate, um, to, to generate, very realistic looking text uh, that's highly personalized. And, you know, and this thing doesn't know, you know, you look at the the post in here, we'll, we'll include the link to it. You know, it's just happily to generating an email that's like, hey, we'll give you a $50 gift card. <laughs> uh, it, it will gladly do that all day long. It has no idea, right? There's <laughs> no uh, kind of governors on this type of thing. There's just certainly governors on like, hey, you can't ask ChatGPT 
you know, how to build a bomb, but like there are people who will then say like, well, hey, ChatGPT, pretend you're writing a play about building a bomb. <laughs> and then ChatGPT will, um, you know, once it gets to a level of abstraction or layer of abstraction deep, it, it in some ways seems to um, forget some of its, um, some of the guidelines that have been placed around it. So it's really interesting to see um, folks kind of attack the language model or attack the, you know, the, the, the chatbot as it were. Interesting. Some things to ponder on our end. And Tim, would you agree with that rating there a seven and a half? Yeah, I was I was right in the same neighborhood. Um I will I will go eight. Um not for what it is, but for what it portends. Uh I think it's um it's just getting started, basically. Yeah. So yeah, it's I found this really genuinely kind of scary. Um when I started thinking about it, it wasn't just the phishing story. It was all the things that people were suddenly posting within the last couple of weeks that they were getting chat GPT to do, because some of the things, as much as it's fun to make fun of it, some of the things it does pretty adeptly are not the things you want it to, to do. I mean, you know, wait until, uh, chat uh, open AI and, uh, Boston dynamics have a love child, right? That's the end. <laughs> it's all over at that point. Oh my. If a robot breaks down my door to tell me crappy puns, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> what if they're good puns? It's they're, look, they're so far away from good puns. It doesn't yeah. even know. It has no idea what a pun is. The pun singularity is far off it seems like, but the singularity <laughs> of like evil is not as far off. What does that tell you about puns? They're so they're so advanced. There's actually a book. Um, of course, I know about this called "The Pun Also Rises," and um, I just love referencing. Let me see if I can find this in a timely manner. Um, let, let's see if I can read this. Um, so the in the pun also rises. John Pollock, a former world pun champion and presidential speechwriter for Bill Clinton, explains why puns matter. They revolutionized language and played a pivotal role in making the modern world possible. Skillfully weaving together stories and evidence from history, brain science, pop culture, literature, anthropology, and humor, the pun also rises and is an authoritative yet playful exploration of puns. And one of the first pages of this book basically makes fun of people who don't like puns. And that's actually what I was hoping would be in the description, but you got the full thing regardless. <laughs> um, but it's basically like people that don't get it, don't understand that it's a commentary on how language is so nuanced and um, just ephemeral. Anyway, it's, I, I should probably buy the book <laughs> so I could feel better about myself. <laughs> well, what, what is the universal groan response to puns say about it. there must be like a whole chapter about that, in mm, that book. there should be if there's not you know sean mcnee does have the best groans so as a result i feel more empowered we to should probably make puns. Uh, i i should make a um a montage of them we really should you should um i'll, I'll work on that okay <laughs> <laughs> excellent all right well we're gonna take a brief break before we play what you you might have heard if you tuned in to our, our episode where we were in the same padded wall room <laughs> back in Dot Studio Domain Tools <laughs> um, called Gold Guidance and Grievances. We'll be right back. 
All right, all right, all right. So the idea here behind this new game, so we're going we're gonna to mix things up a little bit from Two Truths and a Lie. Um, and so gold, right, referring to things you've learned, things that will be helpful for the community or however you see fit for the use of gold. It can be outside of InfoSec. Guidance, anything to help our fellow defenders. And, and outside, if you've got any life tips, life hacks, feel free to throw those in there. And then, of course, grievances. We, we might oscillate between grievances and gripes. Got to figure out the right rhythmic um, styling here. But that that's pretty self-explanatory. And we, we've certainly got a lot of those. So Tim, Tim, who's known right now on cast as Tin Helmet, which <laughs> just needs to be shared with the world. Uh, what are your gold guidance and gripes or grievances for the week? Okay. All right. So my gold is InfoSec adjacent, but if you haven't seen the John Mastodon meme, and I made reference to this in my, <laughs> my punny name this week, it is, it's gold. Uh, and the story behind this is that someone uh, <laughs> misread the uh, join Mastodon account on Twitter as John Mastodon and uh, wrote something about how this was the account of the creator of Mastodon. And oh my goodness, did Mastodon just run with it. So uh, hashtag John Mastodon, just go get, do yourself a favor and, <laughs> and enjoy. Um, that's my gold. My guidance, patch your Microsoft stuff. For heaven's sake, uh, you saw the Rackspace story undoubtedly, and uh, there's been a couple other ones. It's really, there's a lot. It feels like the pace of Microsoft uh, exploits has gone up a bit. I don't know if that's just a gut feel, but please, please patch your Microsoft stuff. And my grievance is fairly universal, but it's just it, the, the pace of acceleration of surveillance is really bugging me this week. I don't know. It'll probably bug me forever. But, uh, you know, and we we were talking about open AI and chat GPT, but of course the other one that has been making the rounds is Lensa AI and those avatars that it creates. And somebody pointed out that, you know, you're giving it, you're giving facial recognition systems oh. a really big boost by yeah. using this thing. And so there's my grievance. Just to shade on that a little bit, like there's an app that says like, hey, I'll use AI to generate images of you. Just upload like 10 to 20 selfies of yourself, <laughs> which yeah, is just what could like go wrong? such a phenomenally bad idea. <laughs> yeah, what, what could go wrong? All right, Taylor, over to you. Thank you, Tim, for your gold guidance and grievances. Mm, gold. Mm. <laughs> I, you know, there have been a lot, of, I've read a lot of great things um, this year in, in our field. I want to uh, call out our, our old friend, Joe Sloth over at Gigamon. Uh, a couple of great articles, one, uh, papers really, one, developing an intelligence-driven threat hunting methodology, two, uh, he wrote a whole uh, paper on false positives and, and how we can think about those in the SOC and what false positives mean and, and how we apply those to kind of our detection loops and things like that. Um, just two great, great articles. Um, let's see. Grievances of just the random folks who um, just, you know, spread useless disinformation and carry water for bad actors online. Um, you know, I'm thinking of folks that carry water for like the NSL group and, um, you know, try to, uh, 
you know, create gray areas and mud um, in situations that are fairly black and white. Um, and then the just kind of general destruction of InfoSec Twitter um, <laughs> a grievance, just Twitter in general. But uh, and then guidance, I don't know, go hang out with John Mastodon and uh, <laughs> hang out with Johnny. I mean, just I want to give shade a little more detail on that, like whole the, my grievance around folks on dif- disinformation. I just saw someone who purported themselves to be a security researcher um, that went and purchased a domain that was on an old security report um, say, saying, hey, this is command and control for uh, NSO group. And they went and they purchased that domain and they requested the domain get pulled off of the threat intel feeds that was on and then used the fact that it wasn't on the threat intel feeds as proof that the attack never happened. Uh, which is just like, you know, registrars hate this one weird trick, I guess, for you to give them more money. Um, but yeah, just extraordinarily bad faith um, stuff uh, on that side. Very, very annoying. Um, yeah, and that's that's all I've got. Very nice. Well, thank you both. Did you enjoy? Did you enjoy our new game? Love it. <laughs> Would you say it's gold? I don't have guidance or grievance. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. That's good not to have these these grievances. The airing of grievances. The adding of. I'll add one guidance, which is Chris Sanders on. I think I'm sure it's on Mastodon. I don't. I'm not sure if it's on Twitter as well. But he has this thread on investigation scenarios. Um, that's interesting to take a look at. So that's on the Infosec Exchange Mastodon. So I'll just call that out as well. Shout yeah, that's, that's my Chris Sanders. Join the InfoSec Exchange Mastodon. There you go. And then follow Breaking Badness. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Breaking Badness. Excellent. Well, hey, I want to thank you both for another amazing year of the podcast. Thanks to Callie, too, who's who's listening in um, and, and making this podcast better by the day. And we'll be back next year in 2023 for more goodness. Um, and everyone stay safe, stay healthy this holiday season. We'll be thinking of you. Hopefully it's a, it's a quiet one. Knock on wood. Goodbye now. Happy holidays. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at domain tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.